Hello, everybody. Welcome to the JAG Report. This is Jason Phillip here. We're excited this week to talk about some big days that have been happening in our country, some big days in the Supreme Court, really good days. And uh, it's been a few weeks since we've gotten on here and done a a podcast. We're excited to be back with everybody. Uh, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. So, Lord, we pray that you bless us this week, give us wisdom, uh, give us insight, and we pray over our country that you would bless it and that you would let your justice reign. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, Philip, let's kick us off, hey, man. What do we have first good. on the docket? So, so two, uh, two housekeeping matters. Number one, Jace, Jace doesn't even know I'm going here yet, guys. I'm about to surprise him. We're going to take a vote. And the vote doesn't matter because ultimately Jace's wife, Danielle, is going to make this decision, guys. Not us. Jace knows where I'm going. What do you guys think of the mustache? Uh, this is, I'm this Jace. Is I love it. He's looking sharp, man. I should, I should not have let you have this <laughs> to talk about the mustache. You know, it's but really seriously. my little brother's fault. He started growing one out, and I thought, man, I can't be outdone by the littlest of these. So here we are. I love it. I, I'm not kidding, guys. I absolutely love it. I think it looks so sharp. But you guys have to comment, okay? That's part of what we do on these formats, right? We're supposed to tell you that. Give us a comment. So please, keep the stash, please. ditch the stash. It's not going to matter because, again, Jace's wife, Danielle, is the one who's going to make this call. Right, Jace? That's true. That's true. So she says. So Yeah. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of looks, I have a disclaimer. Um, you guys may notice I have a I had to go to the dermatologist yesterday and had a little stuff done. So you don't need to send us an email. Don't be concerned. We're all good. I grew up on the beach in California and like a knucklehead in the seventies, didn't do what I was supposed to do with sunscreen, but um, we're all great. So Jace, we've been out, you know, for a couple of weeks, pardon me, a couple of weeks, but a lot has happened, man. A lot has happened. Um, Let me let me let me let me say it like this. This is the headline, and then we're going to come back and fill it in. But I want you guys to soak this up. What I'm about to say, not because I'm saying it, because it's the truth. Okay. We've been laboring for judicial renewal for decades. Many of you have been laboring, many many years, praying for this cause. Okay, and working, and your lawyers, and your activists, and there's so much that's been going on. Do you know what just happened? Do you know what just happened? Within a period of five days, guys, five days, five work days, I'll say that, five court work days from June 21st to June 27th, you take out the 25th and the 26th because those were, that was the weekend. Five days at the Supreme Court were the most significant change in the judicial branch, the third branch, in the history of the United States of America. Yeah. Now, somebody somebody may refute that, and if they do, I'd love to hear it. I really would. But when you talk about sea change direction of what happened and what the court was up to, and then you throw in, it's happening in the context of unprecedented threats against the court. It started out with things like, you know, we might... Um, we might change some of the laws impacting the court. We might impact your budget. Oh, now we're just going to pack you, which hasn't even been threatened for, what, 80, 90 years since yes, FDR? Not only are they threatening the institution of the court, but now there's groups that are literally putting uh, hit yes! contracts to say, hey, if you spot one of these justices, one of these conservative justices yeah. in the public, let us know. We'll rally the cavalry. I mean, go harass them. Yeah, if John, if John it's Grisham would have like theoretical yeah. against the institution, if you know, five six years ago, if John Grisham would have written this book, the publishers would have said, "Get that trash out of here." Nobody would believe that, right. guys. This is not fiction. This is happening in the United States of America. One a.m. in the morning, an assassin shows up at Kavanaugh's home. So let that soak in. And what is what does Justice Kavanaugh do? He says, I'm going to do what my oath tells me to do. And whatever you people think you're going to bully me with, I'm going to punch you in the nose, like legally, with this opinion. And I'm just going to vote the way the Constitution has called me to vote. You're not going to bully me. And yeah, Jace, you think cool. about where the court went from January of 21 when they were 
cowards, afraid to even grant standing to a case to preserve the future of this nation, to 16 months later, they have fought and through threats of assassination and are preserving life and have broken a 49-year curse over this nation. Guys, if you're sitting around saying, Lord, please move in this nation, let's just stop and thank him for like the next 10 years. Yeah. We're only this up, one smell the thing coffee, that he and let's give thanks. Yeah. I mean, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the details of these cases, right? But um, but guys, it's just we just have to stop. We just have to stop. It'd be like Christmas morning, you know, the kid who gets six presents and he opens five of them, and the fifth one, his parents spent the whole bank on a present and he doesn't even thank him. He's just looking for the next present. That's how we would be if we didn't stop at this moment and say, Father, you're good. Jace, Jace and I are not strong enough to accomplish all of our allies put together. None of us can do what the Lord God just did at the court in these five business days. It's amazing. And you're right to say it's a time of, of thanks and celebration. I think that people should pay should pay attention to this. When yep. uh, when when uh, Dobbs dropped, one of the cases we're going to talk about that we've already talked about in the past. I had some friends of mine that uh, I think embarrassingly they posted things like, "Hey, let's be sensitive. Now is not the time to celebrate uh, abortion. Not, you know this bad Supreme Court decision from '73." being overturned you know you gotta you gotta remember there's people that are really hard today and sean Foyt of uh, the let us worship movement hold the line which i, I admire a lot he oh yeah posted this infographic and i thought it was perfect it was a little picture of of little boy david holding the head of goliath yes Philistines ran and it was these text blurbs coming from the israelites saying geez, David, that's a little presumptuous. Like, yeah, David, mourn with those who mourn. Don't you know today is a really hard day for Philistines? And it's like, no, that's, that's absurd. That's silly. Like for the people in our country that had a really hard day because of Dobbs, they're yeah. uninformed or they're wicked. Ignit. <laughs> Ignit, <laughs> as they say, so, which is a really exactly. tough claim. And I don't want to offend anybody. But Dobbs was such a good case, undoing a yeah. really bad case that took Will away from the people that murdered millions of babies. And abortion is not in the Constitution. As yeah, if you guys are if you guys are like bummed out and you're like, man, Jason Phillip are just dissing on. Look, this is what we're talking about, people. The Constitution. Jason, I will both give you a tr- quadrillion dollars each. If you can find the word abortion in the text of this up. document, it's gone billion, trillion, and, 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 and when this and when this cat in the White House starts talking about issues in executive order a week ago, talking about a constitutional right, I'm like, oh, really? Maybe get one of your staffers to give us a call and we'll pay them a quadrillion dollars to find it. Right. You it ain't there, right. man. And when the court said it was 49 years ago. And we can say this because they fixed it now. They lied. They made it up. It was a joke. Even pro-abortion lawyers will tell you, as Justice Alito so skillfully laid out in his opinion, all these people know it was a lie. Mm-hmm. So when the court issued it, what really wasn't even a pro-life ruling, Jace? Right. Yeah. In, in reality, this was not a pro-life ruling. This was a, golly, we read the document and it ain't in there. So as Justice Kavanaugh said, it's a scrupulously neutral ruling. I'm yeah. a pro-lifer. I kind of like a pro-life ruling, but this isn't even one for me, Jace, as a right. pro-lifer. This isn't a pro-life victory. It's just an honest, it ain't in the document. Abortion is not a constitutional right ruling. And if you love it so much, then pick up the phone and call your state legislator and try to pass a lot of murder babies. That's what you can do. But you and, can't yeah. come talking about it's in the Constitution. That, that, that's just, that's right. And that ain't, it ain't there. So for the church, man. Yeah. Celebrate. Thank the Lord. Yes. This is a huge win for our country uh, that a very evil thing that was done has been undone by the very institution that committed it, which is very, that is so just, and that's so good. And, 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 you know, and for those who are deceived, 
We love you there. You know, we can get into all that. But the folks that I'm really feeling sorry for are not the folks who are angry and screaming on the street. It's the 63 million babies that aren't here because of this lie. That's that's what I'd like to talk about. We want to talk about compassion seriously. So, well, Jace, we have some other cases, too. And maybe we'll come back and talk about Dobbs in a little bit more detail because there's some incredible stuff in there. That's true. Which case let's would you not, like to let's, first? Yeah, let's not forget the, well, there were a lot of cases that came, came out, but one was Carson versus Macon. Jason, mm-hmm. you want me to hit that or you want to give a little description on it? Yeah, no, you go ahead. The voucher case, sure. right? So guys, yeah, this is really interesting. And it kind of followed on the heels of what the court has done in other contexts. And it shouldn't be overread, but you can't overread either what the court did here. But this was, pardon me, in Maine, the court held in Maine, there was a there was a requirement because in Maine, apparently, and I didn't know this, but there's so much of Maine that's rural that guys over like half of the school districts in Maine. And I think there are maybe in the, in the range of about 200 or so, but over half of them do not have a local high school. So what the government said is they said, look, you don't have a local high school, but there are local charter schools and other schools, and you may want to drive a little bit, or you can go find a public school that's closest. But here's a voucher. Here's an amount of money that we would have allocated as the government for your high school. That's a fair amount. And then you can spend that if there's a local, whatever, private school that you want to go to. However, the main government said, you can't use it at a sectarian school, meaning a religious school. Now, here's the funny thing, Jace. They actually said, Oh, but you can take it to a sectarian or a religious school as long as they don't believe the stuff they're teaching about the about faith. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Very well. <laughs> yeah, the, the government was like, OK, you can use the you can't use it at a sectarian school unless they deny the truth of what they're teaching. Right. Under their faith banner. U.S. Supreme Court said, nope. If you're going to have a voucher that's used and the parents can use it for this or this or this or this or anything else, or even travel to Europe literally and spend it on a school in Europe, then if there's a local Christian school that believes the Bible and is teaching that along with proper curriculum about math and everything else, then you can't constitutionally under the First Amendment prohibit them from spending that money at the private religious school. Right. And so that's, guys, this, go for I, it. I was going to say, this is a huge win moving forward because of the rising problem we see with yes. state-sponsored indoctrination of our of our children yep. it used to be mainly in universities now we see first graders doing pride parades down the hall with their teachers and so yeah one has to ask well if i don't want to send my child to a state-sponsored indoctrination camp where do i go well it's private school but that can be expensive but and this yeah law, exactly especially for families way. who have less money right jace right. those who are the most disadvantaged in our society maybe i have the money as a lawyer to send my kids where i want them to go what about the other families that don't have that option financially yes they're sentenced to go into this system you're talking about that's totally wicked and so the supreme court is saying no that's not the law the law is that the money follows the child there you go and that's that's amazing because that's paving the way forward and setting more uh, precedent down this road we seem to be heading on of hopefully disbanding state education where now it's instead of your property tax dollars going yep. to pay whatever local school district is in your area that you have to send your kids to because your tax your da- your tax dollars are already going there now. Yeah you get that money back to spend on your child's education and you can choose the school. Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, that would be a really way better way of doing it than we're doing it now because education exactly. does exactly. not belong in the sphere of the state. It belongs in the prerogative of the family. Amen. Amen. And the cool thing about this case too, is even though this was a case in the public ed- education, secondary education context, the principle applies well beyond that. Anything where the government is spending money or vouchers or allocating funds for something, now they can't just make it or they can't exclude sectarian under the grounds that, oh, that would be funding a religion. Nope. Court made that very clear. So this is a major case, guys. It's It's a big win. Big one. Now let's go to Thursday. So that was on uh, my recollection. The 21st was on Tuesday of June. 
So by Thursday, the U.S. Supreme Court, now keep in mind, this is all in the context of shootings that are happening out there. And we could talk about all that in a whole nother context. But the political pressure that was brought to bear by liberals and anti-gun people to pass gun control was apparently persuasive enough to to convince, was it 15 so-called Republican rhino senators to cave in on gun control. That's how much public pressure they were bringing, or at least they thought they were. I don't know what that was. That was the funding for state red flag laws, right? Sure. Which, which is unconstitutional, separate issue. But guess what the U S Supreme court does in the midst of all this, in the midst of the court threatened to being packed, all this stuff going on. Oh, we're going to send assassins to your house and we're going to take away guns. The Supreme court was like, Oh, um, Hey guys, we got a case up here called New York State Rifle, and we're about to rule on it. And there's this little thing in the Constitution that we read. It's the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. You didn't have to flip far to find it. <laughs> and they said they said a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So interesting, the next day they were about to say, by the way, we read the same document, abortion ain't in there, but you know what is arms. (laughs) So they're like, regardless of what you people think about what's going on and red flag laws, we do have a constitution. We're a nation of laws, not of the media and of men and of all this other stuff. We're a nation of laws. And this document says New York can't do what they did. They can't prohibit people or say what, what, what the New York law, by the way, said, guys, is you can't have a gun outside the house unless you apply and show you have some special circumstance that would, uh, that would show that you need it. And if somebody walks in and they're like, I have to walk through a dangerous neighborhood to get home and people have been murdered. And because of that, I'd like to apply for a gun. You know what the New York law would say to them? Tough. You can't have one because that's not special. The Second Amendment's special enough right there. And that's basically, Jace, what the U.S. Supreme Court said with boldness. Again, in the face of all of these threats going on and in the threats of the rhinos in the Senate caving, the Supreme Court, God bless them, that used to be the most dangerous branch for decades, The Lord has stepped in there and said, guys, I'm going to use you. And these folks are doing the right thing. Right. We are in it. Jason, I want to say, I want to just say this and then I'm going to kick it to you. Our prayer for years, our mission has been in two words. What is it, Jace? Judicial renewal. Judicial renewal. We have been seeking that for 16 years. We're no longer seeking it. We're in the midst of it. That hit me about two weeks ago, Jace. I was I was praying before the Lord and I and, and I felt like he showed me that. And I was like, gosh, I don't know if I should say that yet, because for 16 years, I've been seeking it, seeking it, seeking it. And the Lord was like, you're not seeking it anymore, buddy. We are in it now. It's not over and it's not complete. Right. It is a process and we have a ways to go. Jag is not, you know, closing up shop. We haven't finished our mission here. We got a lot of work to do. But folks, again, just rejoice because we are in the midst of a season like we have never had in this in our national judiciary. Yeah, it's a it's a huge win. At the very least, it's a huge win to also show that our our judiciary, in spite of the unprecedented pressure it's under, both institutionally and individually for the justices, they're not caving to mob rule and actors in the White House, and people coming yeah. in and just shaking their fists yeah. and yelling. The Supreme Court just so honorably said, hey, if you want to do something, do it in the halls of Congress where it belongs. That's right. We're going to apply the law, which is so good. It's amazing. It's amazing. And we hadn't even gotten to the, we're only halfway through. <laughs> so we've gotten to Thursday, the 23rd. And the next day we wake up and we get a little old case that came out Friday morning. Jace, what was that? It was Dobbs. <laughs> Dobbs dropped. I I never thought I'd see it. It was a uh, it was spectacular. It was amazing. And um <laughs> and um, you know, I've said this, I don't know. I'd be interested to know what other pro-life advocates and and uh lawyers and people would say. 
But I think, Jace, if we would have just randomly grabbed 100 leaders in the pro-life movement three years ago, and we just ask them a, a, a yes or no question, three years from now, will the U.S. Supreme Court have reversed Roe versus Wade? Not like, not like impliedly reversed it or damaged it right. or limited like it somehow. It. But I mean, like just flushed it down the toilet, a la Alito's opinion, how he wrote it. Just destroyed 100 pages of total absolute destruction of Roe. If we would have, if we would have sampled and polled 100 of us, including you and me, I don't know that there would have been more than three or four who would have said, yep. I'll vote, I'll vote for that. And I'll, not, not that we didn't want it and we weren't seeking it and we weren't asking God for it, but we're basing this on how we've been fighting since 73 and the progress that we've seen and what's happening in the court. And who would have thought, who would have thought this would happen like this, this quickly? And who yeah. could have accomplished it other than our God? It is amazing. Jace, you came in right at the right time, brother, to join Jack. I know. I stepped in. All of a sudden, we start winning. It's great. I know. I know. <laughs> See, this is what happens when Jace comes on the team. No, we give all the glory oh, to the Lord. Please. We give all the glory to the Lord. But um, the, the Dobbs opinion, we covered pretty good at length the day that it came out. And that's in a separate video if you'd like to go watch good. it. Uh, the quality is a little poor because I was – I was kind of doing man on the street that day. I was uh, in, right. I was that up was in DC uh, and it was, it was, it was kind of wild. So, but if you want to go get more detail on it, you can go watch that video. Yeah. But the Dobbs opinion was huge for judicial integrity and for right governance from our justices. Absolutely. And like we've said too, again, we're, we're pro-life as the day is long, but that opinion is not even a pro-life opinion. It's really is a constitutional opinion. As Justice Brett Kavanaugh pointed out, he said, look, um, we just want to be scrupulously neutral on the question of abortion since it's not in the Constitution, which means it shouldn't be decided here. Y'all take it. That's <laughs> y'all take it is basically what Kavanaugh said. We are being scrupulously neutral. And you know what else the Supreme Court should be scrupulously neutral about? According to Justice Clarence Thomas and his concurring opinion in the Dobbs case, Everything else that flows from this same lie of substantive, sounds really good, by the way, due process. You're like, well, what is substantive due process? That sounds really serious. <laughs> Chase, tell you want to tell them or should I? It's a, it's a, it's substantive a, due process is something that the court made up uh, to try and achieve an end. There's a, there's a procedural due process clause in the constitution. And, uh, you can't you can't be deprived of life, liberty, or property without uh, due process. But there came along a Supreme Court case where they were trying to make a really tough decision they probably shouldn't have been making, and they just said, "Well, there's procedural due process, but then the substance of the matter that also has due process. There's different levels of scrutiny." And you're some... not opposed to substance, are you? I mean, everybody <laughs> ought to be in, in favor of substance, I would think. Right. Everybody is so in favor good. of substance. It sounds great. But yeah, it's just this idea. It's this legal uh, thing that was created where <clears throat> the, me... the, the Supreme yeah. Court now looks at it and decides which tier of scrutiny something gets. And it's. Yeah. Hey, let me, I want to make it really, really, really simple. And this is, this is maybe even too simplistic for some lawyers, but I just want to make it real simple for all the non-lawyers out there. And even the lawyers who went to this law school that played this game. But here's what due process is, guys. It sounds like a fancy term. Here's what it is. The Constitution, the text says you can't take somebody's life or liberty or property without due process of law. What does that mean? Here's what it means. You can take somebody's life like the death sentence. Like if someone murders 10 people, the government can kill them. But you know what it can't do? Or it can give them the death sentence. But what it can't do is like show up with a mob at their home and drag them out and hang them. That sure. is not a process of law. That's a mob. There has to be an investigation. So, there has to be an so what, what due process means is, sure, if you want to issue a death penalty and take someone's life, you do have to follow a process of law that is due, that which is appropriate. And what other rights are life, liberty, or property? So liberty means we're going to put somebody in prison. We're going to take away their ability to have freedom. We're going to take away their liberty. Well, you can do that. But 
You have to have a process of law to go about that process. You can also take somebody's property. You can take their car. You can take their home. You can take their bank account. But guess what you have to do? You have to provide a process of law. You can't just show up like Justin Trudeau did in Canada and start seizing people's bank accounts. Right. That's a denial of due process of law. That's taking people's property without due process of law. And by the way, there's some of that going on in the U.S. right now with banks. Whole nother question for another day. But this so-called due process, or pardon me, this this actual textual due process, and then this so-called substantive due process. Substantive, as Jace just so articulately said, was just a way for judges to say, we're going to create another category here, and we're going to call it substance, because that sounds like there's something to it. And then within this so-called substantive due process, which is not in the Constitution, we're going to throw in anything that we would like to create. Well, the Constitution gives the people the ways to create rights. It's called the, the Amendment Clause. You can amend the Constitution. If you love abortion, the Constitution gives you a way to create a constitutional right to abortion. But you don't do it by five justices saying there's this, quote, substantive thing that we're going to shoehorn in whatever values we want. Clarence Thomas took that on because he said, guys, what we're dealing with with abortion, it's based on this lie of substantive due process. And there are some other things in this so-called substantive due process law that I'm going to be coming back for. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he knew the left would say it. He knew the left would say, oh, if you take away abortion, you're damaging substantive due process. And we have all these other things we love in there. So Clarence was like, yep. I know you're going to say that, so I'm going to go ahead and address it preemptively. I'm going to let you know. He said, all this stuff in Griswold, Lawrence versus Texas, homosexual sodomy, marriage between men and men, that ain't in the Constitution either, people. You may be a pro-abortion, pro-homosexual marriage, dude, and that's, that's like your thing and that's what you want. Great. Pass an amendment to the Constitution. But don't come run into Clarence Thomas in the Supreme Court and say, write it in there for me under this lie of substantive due process. So Clarence Thomas, man, he hit it preemptively. He was like, yeah, yeah these things ought to go too. And it's not, and I suspect Clarence Thomas is for traditional marriage, policy-wise, knowing his values. I am. But Clarence Thomas wasn't even really saying, and we're going to go there because I believe in biblical values or I believe in natural right. rights. It's because the constitution doesn't put it there, folks. He was coming at it from the perspective of his job saying, look, our job is to decide cases or controversies and apply the law and the constitution. And yeah. he says, look, we're, we're trying to apply this law here, but this whole substantive due process thing doesn't exist. And he yep. named a few things that hang upon substantive due process. That's right. So, That's right. He went ahead for and wrote anybody, it for anybody to think that Clarence Thomas is a you know fire breathing dragon coming for anything you love and hold dear, he's yeah. not. He's doing his job. He's doing. But here's what he said too. He talked about these other these other things that the court has called rights, and they're not. I mean, rights are something that are in the text of the Constitution. These aren't rights. But he talks about it, and then he says this. He says after after overruling these demonstrably erroneous decisions, and he's referring by name to Obergefell, yep. Lawrence v. Texas. And Griswold, he says, after overruling them, in other words, we're going to do it if I have my way and I vote how I want to vote. I'm going to I'm going to vote to overrule them is what he's saying. But but then listen to what he says. And it ties in exactly with what you just said, Jace. After overruling these demonstrably erroneous decisions, the question would remain. Whether other constitutional provisions guarantee the myriad rights that are substantive due process cases have generated. In other words, he's saying, look, if you think it's somewhere else in the document, let me know. I'm wide open to it. Right. Even, even though I don't think homosexual marriage is a good policy, if it's in here, just come tell me and I'll be a good judge and I'll, and I'll recognize it. But don't ask me to fake it. Do this constitutional fakeism and say something's in there that it isn't because you have political power and you're going to pitch a fit on the steps of the Supreme Court. <laughs> I love him. Clarence Thomas is a lion, man. He is a he is at this point a national treasure to be protected. And he man, is, he, they are coming for him, man. He is the effective chief justice of the Supreme Court, by golly. He may he may not have the position, but when it comes to influence and power, 
he's functioning in that role as the senior member of the court. Anytime that that uh, John Roberts, who who holds the office of chief justice, doesn't vote with that five, if the five vote together, Clarence Thomas is the senior most member. He's assigning the opinion. Right. He's getting it done. And we wonder why the left went after Clarence Thomas so much in the weeks before Dobbs was issued, even though Alita was the one writing the opinion. I think that's one of your reasons right there. Yep, the con- there the concurring is. opinion that he had. And of course, they don't like his wife either. These people are American heroes, by the way. Ginny and Clarence Thomas are just amazing. Well, brother, we got one more case. Anything else on Dobbs you want to talk about? No, no, I'm good on Dobbs. Well, there was another big one. There was another big one. Yeah. And this was the uh, our dear friends at First Liberty Institute that did this. Wow. Coach Kennedy versus Bremerton High School. Huge case, religious liberty case, massive win, uh, very exciting. Coach Kennedy is a football coach, high school football coach in Washington State. And he, after the football games, would go to the middle of the field and kneel down and say a quick prayer. And that was it. And sometimes some students would join him. Sometimes they wouldn't. He never asked them to. And the school district fired him for it. Yeah. Which is really not good. Not good. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, the school district, that's, it's a public school. It's a, it's the government of the state saying, because you have brought your faith out of your closet, uh, you're done. You can't, you, you don't get to play anymore, which is so wicked. Our, our whole government was founded. Our whole nation was founded on freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. Exactly. Exactly. So he gets fired and they brought suit and just say, Hey, you, you can't do that. That's bad to do. Went all the way to the Supreme court. And the Supreme court said, coach Kennedy is right. You cannot do that. And it was a huge win for religious liberties. Massive. It's a huge win for government officials, but especially public school teachers, administrators, faculty to say, you can be you, yep. bring your faith into your work and not have to fear being fired for it. Yeah. Your co-teacher next door can put all her pride flags up and yep. you can put your cross up and it's okay. You're not going to be fired it, in spite of what the FFRF this, will call and tell you. And this guy, Coach Kennedy, I don't, I don't know him. I've heard, I've heard about him. But there's something in this opinion, Jace, that's written um, that I caught, and I hadn't heard it until I read it, and it blew me away. I want you guys to hear this, especially those who may question the sincerity of Justice Kennedy and people like him. You know, Justice—I just said Justice Kennedy. Forgive me, Coach Kennedy. <laughs> I know, Coach, Kennedy. <laughs> Coach Kennedy. Whoa, another topic, Justice. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so Coach Kennedy. Um, he was told by the school, "You can't do that, or we will fire you." And you know what he did initially, Jace? I think it was the very next football game. He did what they said. He did not go to midfield after the game and drop to a knee and pray. Now, the guy wasn't having a 20-minute prayer meeting all these times. It was just something he did to honor the Lord. He went to the locker room after the game. He packed up his stuff. He's driving home. You know what he does? What does he do? He turns his car around drives back to the school, walks out to midfield by himself at whatever time at night. It may have been 10, 30, 11. I'm getting goosebumps, man. The dude drops to his knee by himself. He's like, Lord, I don't know what he said. I don't know what his prayer was. I know he prayed. But I imagine it was something like, I am sorry. I, I want to honor you. And I didn't do it because these folks told me I couldn't. And I was afraid. I was afraid of losing my job, I, but I'm here now and I'm telling you, I'm sorry and I love you and I'm honoring you and thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And after wow. that, he, and after that, he kept coming back and that's why he was fired. But that's how, that's how genuine this man was in his relationship with the Lord. And I want to, I want to honor him especially. Yeah. <clears throat> because he did a, a hard thing that cost him his job and a almost a decade long legal battle that went all the way to the Supreme Court. Forgot it was that long. You're right. He kept on 
fighting. <laughs> he kept on fighting uh, to say, no, this is wrong. You can't do this to teachers and, and, and school coaches. This is inappropriate. It's unconstitutional. And because he stayed in the fight and because he championed that cause, now we have a Supreme Court decision that tells us what we all already knew, which is constitutional, is that people can go practice their faith in the public sector yeah. and in public high schools. And now many people who are public school administrators and other government officials benefit from that because of the sacrifice yeah. he made. So I want to honor him and the men and women like him in our country That's that good. choose to stand in the gap and say, no, we're, we're going to, we're going to stand for what's just and what's good, even if it's difficult and it costs us something because many other people will benefit. It's, important. it's and, very important. And, and with that in mind, it, it reminds me, Jace, we may, we may be close to closing on this, but I want to honor Justice Brett Kavanaugh because he, he is similar in some ways to Coach Kennedy. I mean, here you have a justice who was put under that type of pressure. You guys know, we've said it 10 times on here. An assassin showed up at his home at one in the morning with plans and weapons and duct tape and zip ties. And the guy was prepared and he said it. I am here when he, when he called 911. And I listened to that full 15 minute call, Jace. It's chilling, the 911 call. The guy calls and he's like, I'm about to kill myself. And then he says what he was about to do. But that's what Brett Kavanaugh endured. And that's what, and, and people say, well, he was there to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Well, you know who else was probably in the home? His wife, his two daughters, who probably would have suffered the same fate had this man done what he intended to do and made plans to do and flew from California and everything. This was not some tweet, okay? But in the midst of that, Brett Kavanaugh has the conviction of his oath to the Constitution to say, I'm going to do my job. And I don't know what the consequences are, but all I know is, and I, I don't know what Brett's heart is toward the Lord, but if it's anything like Coach Kennedy, it's saying, my life is not even my own at this point. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. And if Coach Kennedy can do it, and Brett Kavanaugh can do it, you can do it. That's right. I'm serious about that. Not only can you do it, you must do it if you want this nation back. You can't let other people fight the battle, folks. You have to have courage. You have to put it all on the line. I heard Eric Metaxas. I'm preaching a little bit here, Jace. Eric Metaxas is one of my heroes, if you guys know Eric. But, but anyway, Eric gave a talk several months ago. He wrote a book about Dietrich Bonhoeffer a pastor in Germany who had to stand up against Hitler. Long, long story. But anyway, Metaxas wrote this book about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and Eric gave a speech not long ago, Eric Metaxas, where he said, folks, I know about Bonhoeffer. I wrote the book. I studied him. My parents were from there. I know what went on. And I'm just telling you, if you have something to give, give it now. If you have something that you can do to save this nation, do it now. Because there will come a point in its coming when, when it will be too late, just as it was too late at one point in Nazi Germany. And they had to go through everything that they went through to get to the end of it. And I'm not being dramatic when I say this, guys. I'm telling you 100% what I believe in my heart about the hour we're in at this nation. Yeah. But here's the good news. God is moving. He's not on the sideline. He's not waiting around. When this court reversed Roe versus Wade after 49 years and repented and said, we are sorry, we lied, and it's resulted in the death of 63 million unborn children. That meant something. Between the court, the United States of America, the third branch of government speaking to God, and God has heard, and he's responding from heaven. And the way he's responding, Jace, is through grace. You say, well, grace, that's a fancy word. I heard a song, Amazing Grace. Here's what grace is. Mercy is when I do something really bad and I deserve punishment and God says, I'm not going to give you the punishment you deserve for the bad thing you did. That's mercy. Right. Grace is very similar, but different. Grace is I've done some things 
but I don't deserve some bonus or a wage or some gift. But God is like, even though you haven't done enough to earn this because I'm God and I'm gracious, I'm just going to give it to you anyway because I'm that generous. Right. That Unmerited is grace. favor. Unmerited, yeah. unearned favor. And guys, that's the season we're in right now. God is pouring out his grace on this nation in the form of revival, spiritual awakening, courage among his people, and with it too, the justice that we all have so desperately sought and prayed for in this nation. So, Jason, I know I've talked a lot, brother, but what do you want to add to that? Well, to the to the lemon to, or to the uh to the Kennedy case, I wanted to bring up a little bit about the uh, the lemon test just yes. because we're yes. lawyers and people that listen to this funny. may not be, and they might may find it interesting. But uh, in the uh, it's a lemon, it's a lemon. <laughs> in the in a religious liberty jurisprudence, there is a case called Lemon v. Kurtzman, and it was uh, it set this test up that the Supreme Court has and ha- and has not sometimes used, and it's called the lemon test, and. Uh, the three prongs of it are that when a when the government does something for it to be okay, certified, and 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 not to uh, be considered uh, inappropriate religion, it has to have a secular purpose, has to have a primary effect that neither advances nor inhibits religion, and it does not foster exce- foster excessive government entanglement with religion, and it's really inappropriate because the Supreme Court hasn't even been consistent when using it. Sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't, which is really inappropriate for uh, a judge to do. The judge is supposed to apply the law of the people. And if there's something that the Supreme Court has created that they can or cannot employ by their own discretion, that's not their job. That's not just. And in the Coach Kennedy case, they did not consider the lemon test when deciding coach kennedy's the merits of his case which is great they didn't overrule it but uh i think it's close (laughs) and you you know why they didn't consider it jace why is there it is the document (laughs) again guys the document it's called the constitution read it the first amendment i mean seriously (laughs) the first amendment doesn't mention lemon it doesn't mention advanced nor and none of that language that Jace did that tricky, wonderful three-part test that Jace just came up with that the court wrote and said, that's how we're going to decide whether something violates the First Amendment. You know what they didn't do in the Lemon case? Read and apply the First Amendment. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Right, like if we're yeah. going to say something violates the First Amendment, ought we not read it? Yeah. And apply the text. Well, the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. That's what you can't do. <laughs> yeah. But the lemon test made this whole other like legislative. It really, it the lemon test looks a whole lot more like legislation. Yes, it, that's what it looks like, and it's it's not good. It's restricting exactly religious liberties in an inappropriate way. And people say, "What about separation of church and state?" Like, I'll give you another yeah. trillion dollars if you can find that in the constitution. <laughs> exactly. We got, a, we got a lot of we got that. a lot of contests going on. I know we gotta these people are gonna go be thumbing through that thing just trying but, to but, make a but, buck. But just it but in all seriousness, don't come running to us claiming your bonus unless you can show you gotta have the text of the document, guys. Okay. Don't bring us a court opinion. Don't give us some speech of some liberal on the front of the Supreme Court. Bring us the actual written right. text of the constitution. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. And if you can Separation find it there, church and state is not. And, and Jace, let me let me ask you this: If they can find it in the document, but you don't happen to like it personally, can they still have it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jace, you sound you sound very reasonable and fair. Well, I'm a man of the law, Phil. It's <laughs> it's there are rules here. That we must right. apply the Constitution, which. For our viewers, a side note is they say, man, these guys, Jason Phil, just love the Constitution. I just don't. I can't get behind this thing. It's just some document written by a bunch of white slave owners. But no, it's a social contract, a covenant that we made with each other that we continue to uphold, which protects our liberties that are not given to us by the government, 
but by God. It is such a wonderful, revolutionary thing that was instituted in our country, and it's worth protecting. Yep. It's a covenant. Just like God made covenants with Abraham and Moses yeah. and Noah and the new covenant under Jesus Christ, so too does he give us the ability to go and covenant with each other to have a shared set of rules to have an ordered liberty it's a wonderful blessing that's why it's we're an amazing so constitution pardon me and the guys that actually wrote it they thought of if you're if you're listening as jace talked about i don't know how many folks disagree with us that watch it why would they watch it if they don't if they disagree maybe they I just want to cover all the bases maybe there's some folks out there that disagree with us that watch it anyway but if you do the founders actually respected you i'm dead serious you say, well, I don't like the Constitution. The Constitution likes you. You know how I know that? Because Article 5 of the Constitution says this. I'm going to paraphrase it. It basically says, if you don't like the document, change it. Right. Just change it. Matter of fact, we know you're going to. So we're going to tell you what the process is for that. And you yeah, know what we're it doesn't give you say? Rules. Here's how to do it, it doesn't say if you don't like the language in here. Go find five dishonest, lying, deceptive, demonic lawyers who will lie and write something into an opinion and claim it's in the text of the document when it's not. That's not what Article 5 says. Article 5 says you can go through the process, but it basically says here's how you amend the Constitution. You can get certain numbers of the House, members of the Senate, or you can go to the states. We're giving you lots of options of how to change this document because we know you're going to want to do it. The times change, people change, value, you know, you can change it. You can even have really bad ideas and make it a constitutional right. But it has to be in the text under Article 5. You can't just go make something up. And that's what we've been doing for 50 years. But again, times are a changing. Momentum is on the side of the Lord and on the side of judicial renewal. And this season of judicial lying is over guys. We're coming into a new season. So get your new wineskin, get your new garment, throw away the old one and let's go and see what God's up to right now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Jace, I'm kind of excited today. Could you tell? A little bit. Yeah. You seem a little jazzed. I've been out for a couple of weeks. I think I've stored (laughs) up some, some joy, but in all seriousness though, I mean, I've been at this since I was in undergrad. That was a while ago. I'll date myself. 1991 is when the Lord called me to law school, and I've been pursuing this. Jace has been at it a little, little, little less than that, but I know just as passionately with a calling. And it's just, man, it's just to be in the midst of what we see happening right now. It's amazing. It is it's amazing. amazing. And we don't take it for granted. And even though we're kind of joyful and we're having fun and we're joking, we're not trying to be careless about this or flippant. We're just, we're just so thankful and excited and overjoyed with what God is doing. And in the midst of a lot of difficulty out there in the world, we want you to know if you're open to being happy, there's a whole lot to be happy about right now. (laughs) That's a good qualifier at the beginning. Sure. Sure. Jace, do we have any news to report or anything we want to share with people? Are they allowed to contribute to judicial action group? Is that permitted or how does that Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're going to okay. permit that. That's okay. That'd be a great idea. If you like our videos, if you like listening to us, like, follow, subscribe, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the places. And please consider to uh, contribute to the Judicial yes. Action Group. All of your we're, contributions go directly. We're, we're not buying... Uh, you know, 55 inch plasma screen TVs, all of your contributions go to our work that we do. Yes. Trying to find and promote good candidates yeah. for judicial nominations onto our and, federal and wage. We, Men and women and that we, will have a lot of power that will execute it properly and justly. To do their job, just to do their, do job. their job. And guys, we have, we'll probably talk about that. Well, we will talk about this another time. But we have some incredible plans for the future based on what's happened already with work that we've done on judicial nominations. We really need, honestly, I didn't plan to say this, we need 5000 a month to fund that. And so, you know, you may say, well, Philip, you haven't been specific. Okay, we'll just be specific. If you have $5,000 a month or you have $100, but, but seriously, the monthly contributions are really helpful because they allow us to budget. 
You know, even if somebody gave us $10,000 would be amazing. And that's great. But that goes into the bank account. But when we know we have people budgeted who are monthly partners who are giving $100,50,250,000,5,000. Now we see that budget turning and Jason and I can get together and say, okay, the next 12 months, here's what we need to accomplish. How do we staff it? What's it going to cost? All those things fit together. And so, um, again, I didn't plan to say that, but we are praying in all honesty. We're praying about the Lord providing another $5,000 a month for our budget so that we can do the things he's called us to. That's right. And we've seen some pretty neat fruit, haven't we? Not just from Jag's work. A lot of people are involved in this, but this is our mission. I know that. And we're seeing amazing fruit right now. So many of you support us. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. We love you and appreciate you. And those that would want to join, just go to judicialactiongroup.com. And you can sign up. That's our advertisement on that, Jay. So there it is. What else? What else do we have for folks? Anything else? That's all I got. Be watching for the next uh, Jag report, um, and be praying about the midterm elections coming up in November. That's awesome. And don't forget, yes or no on the stash. Yes, on, on Jason. <laughs> Everybody has to comment. We we got to have a vote. <laughs> I'm voting. I vote with both thumbs up. I I say yes. I love the mustache. I think <laughs> I think it is awesome. But again, that'll that'll ultimately be Jason's wife Danielle's call. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, buddy. All right, sounds good. Do uh, you want to pray us out? Yeah. Well, no, wait, wait, you pray us out. You pray us out. Okay. Sounds good. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing in our country, and thank you that we get to be a part of it. Don't let us rely on our own wisdom and what on what we think is wise and right. Don't let us be wise in our own eyes, but give us your eyes. Give us your wisdom. Let us partner with you in what you're doing in America. That we can see fruit and health come to our nation and justice. In Jesus name. Amen. I want to I want to add to Lord and we pray that your blessing would be on the Supreme Court for Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Clarence Thomas and Justice Samuel Alito and Justice Sonia Sotomayor, Justice Elena Kagan, Justice Neil Gorsuch, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett and Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, their staffs, their families, Father, for all of them, whether it, whether we agree with them or not, we pray, Father, um, that your presence would be on them and that you'd give them your peace, your peace. Give this nation your peace. Give give those listening right now, give them your peace, your shalom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.